Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. I did preach a couple of months ago in the 5 p.m. service. And I got great feedback from it. And I thought, wow, why was that so good? Tell me what's going on. So I'm going to reproduce it here this morning, but I'm going to make it part of a series. There's a scripture I read while on holidays out of, um, uh, out of Psalms, out of the message version. And it basically said, less is more and more is less. And, and the, I'm going to bring some words to you that, that have less in them. You know, and the, the word for this morning is fearless. Selfless is another one I'll probably do. Uh, shameless, uh, doubtless. Um, what's the other one I was thinking of? Offenseless. Because in our lives, the truth is we all have fear in our lives. Whether you admit it or not, you do have fear. Whether you understand that, well, there's a part of us that's there's a fear. It's the way we are after the fall. Basically, Adam's first response after... You know, in the Garden of Eden, after, after he ate the fruit, was, I was afraid, so I hid. So, so fear and shame. And so it's a part of all this, whether we, we know it or not. And, and, and most of us battle with fear at some time. But there's some fears that we don't probably always know about. And I've got a little video I want to show you just to kick off. Here's some phobias and fears that you may not have seen before. Thanks. <laughs> There's some fears you probably didn't know that were even fears. They're phobias. You know, I think all of us at some stage have had some, you know, some part of us has been fearful, whether it's as a child in the dark, whether it's a, as a kid in storms, you know, the, the, the thunderstorms and lightning. And, and uh, I know my wife still freaks out in, in lightning storms. And, and I sort of love getting out there in it and going, wow, look at this, this is amazing. And she's freaking out. You know, you, you talk to teenagers and they're worried about their future or they're worried about their, their parents breaking up, the marriage of their parents breaking up. You know, as parents, we get worried about our kids. We get fearful for their, their, their future and, and what they're up to. Uh, as people get fearful, many people, and rightly so, about losing a job 
you know, financial security. Uh, there's so many fears that we can uh, have in our lives, you know, whether it's about marriage or, or all sorts of things. And, uh, and, and I think what I want to talk to you about this morning is about what fearless actually means and, and how we can do something about it. You know, it doesn't mean to have no fear. Fearless doesn't mean to have no fear. It means to fear less. And, and I think our relationship with God can help us do that. Here's some acronyms of fear that I, that I've, I know and I've found. Um, fear, false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. Here's two other ones that are interesting. Forget everything and run. That's one way to approach fear. Or face everything and rise. It's probably a little more preferable, that one. See, as I already said, being fearless isn't the absence of fear. It's actually stepping into the things that we fear anyway, that we're afraid of anyway, stepping to those. And then we become fearless. We fear less as we do that. And uh, I think it's a very interesting thing. You know, I'm told, and I could have told you that I've read, I've counted up these, but I haven't. There's, there, I've been told there's 365 fear nots or don't be afraid in the Bible. 365. Wow, that's an unusual number. Why would that be? Why? Because we need to hear that every day of our lives. Every one of us needs to hear that or read that or know that. Don't be afraid. Fear not, I'm with you. Fear not. You see, fear holds us back from all the purposes of God in our lives. Fear not, don't be afraid. You know, here's some of the most common fears. I looked this up. A lot of people are, are, are concerned about loss, you know, whether it's loss of spouse or marriage or children or health or job or, or financial security or control. Uh, People are concerned about failure, being inadequate, insecure, not measuring up, not keeping up financially or spiritually even in a church scenario. Rejection, being left out again. You know, I'll, I'll never marry. Uh, my marriage will never last. I'll never make it. And, and so many other fears, you know, of health and, and job security, being stuck where we are and, and all those sorts of things. And fear of good. And also fear of bad. You know, people fear being of success. You go, wow, really? And they also fear failure. You know, but there's a great scripture we can hold on to in all this. And it's out of 2 Timothy 1.7. For God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But he's given us of power and of love and of sound mind. God hasn't given us a spirit of of fear, but of power, of love, of sound mind. See, if, it, if we're feeling fear, if we're re responding with fear, it's not from God. That's not from God. That's from someplace else. Either it's from our insecurities, it's from internal, or it's from an external source. Fear is not from God. And see, it's not accepting what's not from God. I want you to catch this this morning. See, perfect love drives out all fear. You know, that, that's out of 1 John. Perfect love drives out all fear. And the only perfect love there is on this earth is the love of God. And, and we need to open ourselves 
to the full effect and potential of that love in our lives. Because when we have the perfect love of God, it will drive out all the fear in our hearts, in our, in our spirits, in our souls. And it's only that perfect love that can make a difference. Working in us, with us, through us, and, 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 and touching other people in that process. You know, it's only his perfect love that drives out that fear. And are you allowing God's perfect love to drive that fear out or are you focusing on the negatives? That, that's the question. Are you allowing yourself to be filled afresh with his love daily to, to get a, a, a fresh sample of that, to be healed, to be transformed, to be made new? Because if we really, really, really knew the love of God, if we really understood the love of God, there would be no fear in our hearts. There'd be no fear of the future. There'd be no fear of things to come. There'd be no fear because we could trust in who God says he is. You see, fear should never stop us from doing what God's called us to do, who we're meant to be and how we're meant to outwork that in our lives. And, and some people would say fear is the opposite of faith, and that, that's pretty good. Like oh, I would agree with that mostly. But if we have a look at this in a little deeper, we find out that fear is faith in the wrong things. Listen to that. Fear is faith in the wrong things. And it's a different twist on it. It's a little, slightly different twist on it. And, and I know, I can just about guarantee, in the room this size, that some of you are being gripped by fear right now, right today. There's fear in your heart right now. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're, you're feeling, whatever you, the, the thing you're in the midst of. And, and I know this to be truth, to, to be the truth for you, for many people. Too many of us are not living our dreams because we are living our fears. And, and, and so I love when I hear someone who's stepping out into his dream. Because he's not allowing fear to hold him from back from what he feels like God's calling him to or the next season of his life. And, and, and so many of us hold back in fear. We allow fear to be the decision maker. You know, I, I, I said this to Robin many years ago. It may have even been before we were Christians. I'm not sure. But I, I said to her, you, you need to know this about me. I will never make a decision based out of fear. I just won't. No matter what happens, I won't make a decision if there's fear there. I'll only make it out of not being fearful in the process. And I believe that's a great principle to think about. Never respond out of fear in your circumstances. Never make decisions out of that fear because it always, it just about always brings us undone. We make wrong decisions. I want you to know this this morning too. I, I truly believe God brought this word back to me to, to present again here this morning. And he wants you to experience his presence. He wants you to experience his love. He wants you to hear the truth of his word for your life and to be set free from the bondage of fear. Fear is such a bondage. It ties us up. It bounds us up. It makes us so much less than what we sh could be or should be in God because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of sound mind. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but so often we still operate with a spirit of fear. 
if God's going to empower us to overcome fear, we need to sometimes define that fear. Tristan talked about that this morning, which is interesting. Defining things. What, what is fear? If, if, if we could say that fear is placing faith in the what-ifs. What-ifs in life. You know, so many times we, we, we put our, our, our fear is placing faith in what if this happens or what if that happens or, 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 or what if this thing happens and, and then, then what are we going to do? And Moses did exactly the same thing. If you, if you look at it when he was called to go to Israel um, in Egypt, to the tribe of Israel and, and in Egypt and, and, and to the Pharaoh, his response was exactly the same as that. You know, if you have a look at Exodus 4.1, Moses answered, this is to God, <laughs> What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? What if? What if? What, 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 what would that be? What, 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 what am I going to do then? Instead of placing faith in God's promises, Moses put faith in the what if. What if they don't listen to me? What if they don't believe me? What if they don't know who I am? What if they don't know it's you? What about if the economy drops? What about if I don't if I lose my health? What about if my kids get off track? What if my marriage doesn't work? What, if, what about what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And we're putting our faith in the what ifs rather than the God's promise for our life. Some of you say, well, what if I never marry? What if I never have kids? What if the guy I marry is a jerk? You know, what, what if... What, and, and all the what-ifs that can come. Why do the what-ifs matter? Here's why. Here's exactly why. What you fear the most reveals what you value the most. What you fear the most shows what you value the most. So in leadership, they say, you can't lead anyone that you fear losing. That's why I've become so free on people. Like, you want to be here, be here 100%. But if you don't feel like this is the right place, don't be here then. You know, go and serve somewhere else. Go and sow in somewhere else. And here's the thing. If you're afraid of losing your marriage, what do you value? Marriage. If you're worried about something happening to your child, what do you value? Your child. If you're worried about the relationship that you're in, what do you value? That relationship. So what the fear most reveals about you is what you value most. But here's the thought. What you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. What you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. Just let that sink in for a minute because it's the truth. It's, it's absolutely the truth. We're afraid of losing our marriage. We're not trusting God with our marriage. Something happened to our children. We're not trusting God with our children. Terrified of not having enough. We're not trusting God with that he's the provider, that he's our provision. It's so interesting. And I want you to encourage yourself here this morning to be honest for a moment and truthfully acknowledge where the fear of the what if is, what if is for you. What, what's, your, what's the thing that you have more faith in that than in faith in God? And give it a name. You see, we, we need to actually give this thing a name. To identify that fear, we need to give it a name and, and be able to articulate that, write it down. I'm not trusting God with my children, my future, my finances, my situation, my relationship, my aging parents, 
You know, we're in that season. You know, there's lots of people with aging parents. My future, my career path, whatever that is. I want you to give it a moment to name it. And why is that important? Because you can't defeat what you cannot define. You can't defeat what you cannot define. If you can't articulate it, you can't defeat it. You can't identify it and do something about it. And we need to be able to almost withdraw ourselves to actually articulate what that is for you. Give it a name. Write it down. And as you do, remind yourself of the truth that God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. That fear isn't from God. And I'm going to ask you something that I did that night, and I'm going to ask you to do exactly the same thing this morning. Something pretty bold. But would you consider telling someone next to you what that thing is? Just, I want you to think about that. What's the fear that has held you back? What's the, the fear that's held you hostage in your life? Let's name what God can help you overcome in this process. And if this is way too personal for you, I sort of get that, but I'd really love you to step in anyway. But just smile and, and tell them your greatest fear is telling someone your greatest fear and they'll understand what you're talking about. So I, want, I actually want you to turn to someone now and actually tell them your greatest fear. Can you do that for me? Just, just quickly, just turn to someone, tell them your greatest fear and respond. What's your greatest fear? What is it for you? You see, it's really good to articulate this. It's really good to get clear on what that might look like for you. And if you like doing this thing, can I encourage you, Life Groups is a great place to get together and talk to people about things like this. We can unload and and discuss and, and consider what that might be for you. Okay, let's, let's get really practical now. Let's get really practical now. Wow, there's a lot of fears here, isn't there? It's still going on. How will God empower us and help us to overcome our fears, to become more fearless? How will God do that? How will how we overcome our greatest fears? Just two thoughts here this morning. won't take long. First one is acknowledge your fear, which we're just doing now. But then choose to trust God anyway acknowledge that fear in your life but then choose to trust god anyway in other words we're not saying you ignore the fear we're not saying you put your fingers in your ears and go la 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 there's no fear no 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 fear it's not ignoring it we're going to tell the truth about it i'm really nervous about this thing i'm really heavy upon my heart i'm worried about this thing and yet, I'm choosing to trust God anyway, no matter what that is. And David did this in the Old Testament before. David was king. Saul was jealous of all the attention David was getting, and, and uh, he tried to kill David on many occasions. And this young boy, really, was terrified of being killed. And, uh, and this is the king of Israel trying to kill him. And in Psalm 56, 24, 
David writes these words. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust and am not, I am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? In God I trust and am not afraid. In God I trust and am not afraid. In God I trust. What can mere mortals do to me? Well, the truth is, mere mortals could kill David. So, so, but somehow David has gone to a next, next level in his, in his consideration of this. It's not about the here and now. It's about the eternal. And he's gone to another level and go, you know what? What can mere mortals do to me? In God I trust. I'm not afraid. In God I trust. I'm not afraid. Acknowledge the fear, but trust God anyway. You know, so many times I could tell you stories about our, our church history where, where I've been fearful for, for the church. And, uh, and basically, you know, one time I, I can remember, we, yeah. so, so if you don't know the full story, Rob and I sold our family home to help buy the church property for the church. We moved on site for about three years. We started to build this building and then we got stuck with money and all sorts of circumstances. One, one of the circumstances I'll tell you about here this morning, a very fearful situation, was we basically run out of money, but the council and the RTA at the time were forcing us to do a deceleration loan for the, the property because they said, look, there's dual lanes coming in the future, but we can't rely on that. You've got to do this work as part of our conditions. Now, I never thought we actually would have to do the work. I always thought we'd get away with not doing it. But for some reason, the pressure came on. We did all the surveys. It cost us about $30,000 to do all the surveys. We had no money left then. And they said, okay, you need to get quotes and show us that you're doing the, the pathway for that. So we started at quotes. The cheapest we could get, this was the cheapest, not the most expensive, was $180,000 to do a deceleration loan. But then I found out with the RTA, because it's a state road, you actually had to have not only the $180,000 to do the work, you had, a, had, had to have $180,000 to put into trust just in case the workman that did the work didn't do a good job and they could repay for it to be redone. $360,000 to put in a couple hundred metres of road up the skirt there. It was like, it's not going to happen. We started to get pressure from council to say, hey, what are you doing? We're, we're going to close you down if you don't get this work done. And so he, I did a little, little bit of work and sh- show them what we'd done. Next little bit. And I'm telling you, there was a lot of fear because we'd given everything to this process and it looked like we were going to get closed down, that we couldn't do church on this property. Anyway, there was a lot of soul searching and a lot of thinking, man, have we done the wrong thing? Is this, we, what, have I missed it? You know, and, uh, uh, and basically... Got a phone call one day from this guy. He wanted to come and see me from the RTA. I knew what I was about. He's going to try and make us do this work. We haven't got the money. I can't do it. So I put off the appointment for weeks. Seriously, I thought he might have gone away, but those things don't go away. Anyway, he turned up in our office one day, you know, sat down, had a bit of a chat. And he said, you know what? I don't think you have to do the work. I said, no, no, you don't understand. We have to do the work. The council said they're going to close us down if we don't do the work. He said, no, no. I don't think you have to do the work. And I said, is that from your opinion or is that a RTA official position? I said, are you prepared to put that in writing? He said, yeah, I am. I said, what's going on? He said, I can't tell you, but I don't think you're going to have to do the work. Anyway, within the next month, 
the dual lanes were announced, the, the funding for the dual lanes had happened, and they, they stopped the whole process. We, we didn't have to do the, the deceleration lane anymore. And then they came to our door and knocked on the door and said, hey, we need to buy that front part of your property. And they ended up paying us like 160000 I think it was, to, uh, to buy the front part of our property. He got, God is so good. I was so fearful. I trusted him. I didn't know how it was going to work out. And God turned the whole thing around. It's amazing. And so we had to pay money back to the church, uh, sorry, to the bank, but uh, some of the money back to the bank. But we actually used part of the money to finish off the fit out for this building. So it actually facilitated us getting into this building on our 10th anniversary. It was stunning. And, and as I, I could tell you so many situations in our lives where that's been the case in this church history. We acknowledge our fear and we choose to trust God anyway. Second thought, seek God until he takes away your fears. Seek God until he takes away your fears. And this is exactly what, David did exactly what he did you know see the man who truly had a lot to fear on this earth who grew so close to God in this process of being pursued by Saul but by, by being tried to be killed many times but God removed his fears and how do we know that because David wrote a psalm that says exactly that psalm 34 4 I sought the Lord, he answered me, he delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord, he answered me, he delivered me from all my fears. How cool is that? He delivered me from all my fears. God, the God I sought, delivered me from all my fears. Stunning, stunning. You know, and there's so many stories I could tell you in I really, when I prepared this message, I really got introspective and really thought about the times I've been really fearful. And another time that I can think of that, that really affected us as a family was the time when our son was going through a really tough patch. And, uh, and, and you know, it, it was a time where we were fearful for him, we were fearful for our family. There, there were so many, so many things going on. You know, he, he, he did try to take his life at that time and uh, he came home and there was a lot of fear based around a lot of what we're doing and I want to give you the short version of this because he was self-harming drinking just just almost out of control and he was living with us and we weren't prepared to stay away from home overnight because of the consequences of what might happen and um, and this situation got got pretty bad until this one year, we went to a, a pastor's retreat. And uh, we were at the end of it. We didn't know what to do. We were just seeking God with all our hearts. And, and there was about maybe 12, 14 pastors in this room. And we just started praying for our kids, you know, out of, out of that, that cry of our heart. We couldn't stay for the retreat. We had to come home because we were concerned what, what, what could be happening. And all I can tell you is, Every pastor in that room was weeping, crying and weeping, weeping for our kids, weeping for the children, weeping for our son. And at exactly the same time, we didn't know this, there was a life group happening in our home 
and Brent and our son wasn't um, uh, that he didn't was wasn't that keen on the idea of it, but he, he'd sort of hang around, and he just withdrew from the group and went to his room, and he started to cry. He just started to cry, and if you know my son, that doesn't happen easily. And we found out afterwards it was exactly the same time we were weeping and breaking our hearts in prayer for our children something was happening in him and within days within days he got saved radically radically saved transformed did an associate diploma for theology in the short time he was with us just something changed in his heart found a beautiful wife now got two great kids gone on in in life you know Sure, there's hiccups. Sure, there's, there's some challenges. But I'm telling you, God can do anything. Don't, don't ever give up on God. You know, seek God until he takes away your fears. See, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. The fear isn't from God that you, that's in your heart. It's not from God. Only the perfect love of God can drive out that fear. So the starting point is to accept the perfect love of God in our lives and let it dictate our future actions from that point forward. Yes, to acknowledge the fears, yes, but to seek God until he takes away those fears. Here this morning, I just hope and believe you, you believe God can deliver you from those fears. I hope you believe it's possible for you See, we, we serve an eternal God. It's not just the God of now, it's of eternity. He's much bigger than our current circumstances and the situations we're facing. And possibly, that's why he brought you here this morning, to hear this message. Quite possibly, there's no coincidences in God. There, there might be a purpose in you being here this morning. What is fear? It's placing faith in the what if. It's placing faith in the fear. What you fear most reveals what you value the most. What you fear most reveals where you trust God the least. Acknowledge the fear. Choose to trust God anyway. Then seek him with all your heart until he takes those fears away. Seek him with everything. Grow close to him. Know him. Know his word. Know the sound of his voice. Know what... what how he responds to you in those places, in the place of your greatest fear. And I want to finish with this quote. It's a stunning quote. It's from John Wesley. He's a preacher in the 1700s. He started the Methodist church movement out of, out of the Anglican church. Listen to this faith. <laughs> I've never known more than 15 minutes of, ex- of anxiety or fear. Whenever I feel fearful emotions overtake me, I just close my eyes and thank God that he's still on the throne, reigning over everything. And I take comfort in his control over all the affairs of my life. That is a stunning quote. That is a stunning reflection on the man. He knew what fear was. It wasn't a lack of fear, but he actually chose to overcome it in God and be fearless in the process, to fear less in the process. Let, let me pray for you this morning. We'll get the band back up and we'll finish off.
Close your eyes just for a sec. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your amazing grace. God, for your love, your perfect love that does drive out all fear. God, here this morning, I know each one of us has got our own little, our own thing that we're fearful of, that we, we, we worried about, we get anxious about, we get anxiety about. And here this morning, God, I, I pray that we, we give those fears to you here this morning, that we articulate them, that we define them. But then in your strength, in knowing who you are, we, we are empowered to take on those fears every day of our lives, to fear not, to not be afraid every day of our lives, to open up every morning with fear not, do not be afraid, do not be afraid, have courage, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, fear not, fear not. Let's be a fearless people. Here this morning, just while eyes are closed, I want you to be brave. If you feel like fear has dictated your life a little bit, Maybe just put your hand in the air and just, just show me who I'm talking to this morning. If fear has really controlled you and your life, just stick your hand up so I can see who I'm praying for. Awesome. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, in the name above all names, in the name of Jesus Christ, I declare your perfect love that drives out all fear to fill that place that will start to make a difference to transform us from the inside, to heal us, to be more like you, God. I declare that that, that fear will flee in the name of Jesus and that it will be replaced with your love, your joy, your peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, faithfulness, self-control. God, I pray that the fruit of the Spirit will take place of that fear, God, that we will give our fears to you in the name of Jesus. We'll hand them over in a, in a, in a spiritual way representation of of who you are God and go God here's my fears open fisted open hand to you in the name of Jesus and God we ask that we as we seek you as we acknowledge our fears as we trust in you God that you will do what only you can do God that you are weaving the fabric of our lives in the background and doing what you want us to do, to to position us to do what we will need to do and to be in you. And God, I pray we can do that with love and with joy and with peace that can only come from you. We ask for an infilling of your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. One other prayer, real quick. Here this morning, I don't know all of you here, And maybe for someone here, you go, I don't even know this perfect love of God. It just starts with a decision. Here this morning, it's a a decision to follow Jesus. And maybe you've never done that, but but here's an opportunity. While eyes are closed and heads are bowed, for you to go, you know what? I do want to follow this Jesus. I do want to follow him. I do want to know him. If that's you this morning, just, just as we did before, if you want to make that decision to follow Jesus, and I'll pray with you at the end of the service, why don't you put your hand in the air right now? If that's you, just stick your hand straight up so I can see it. I'll pray with you at the end of the service. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you, God, for your love. Can, can we just sit for a second? Just listen to the music. Oh, I'm going to stop talking for a second. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Fill us afresh. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylight Church. 
We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.